Hi everybody and welcome back to the dulcet tones of James Dean Littlejohn and the Gentleman's Talk. How are we? How have you started this week so far? Hopefully it's been positive. That's always a that's always a bonus. Hopefully you got out of bed. I must admit this morning I struggled to get out of bed. But why am I here so soon, you ask? And I, I'm and, and I'm I'm rightly gonna I'm gonna give you some information on that. Um, as you know, I love this process. As you know, I love to talk. And something I've been noticing of recent as I talk and open up and almost process my problems, although outwardly, um, for every man and his dog to hear, um, it's helping me so much that it's it's bringing a little piece of me back. Um, and there's a couple of things. Also, a subject I touched on yesterday's um, podcast has offered me a little bit more... Um, uh, I want to give it a bit more gravitas. I want to. I want to give it a bit more punch because I don't think it's getting enough, um, enough of the airtime, if you like, in terms of generally in terms of mental health. And, and the reason I say that is because I researched this specific part of my sub my subject matter um, from yesterday, and there isn't. It's quite generic. It's quite generic. It, it almost it. it it's what you would expect to hear, but not the details. It's almost like as if, again, there's a stigma behind mental health, but it's almost like people still don't know. And if I'm trying to research it, actively research this, so I can talk about it in depth with a little bit of experience, and I don't find much, it makes it a little bit more um, important that I do talk about it. And, and before I labour on, um, vulnerability. I spoke yesterday about mental health and vulnerability and when you hear the, that word I'm not going to say it too much I'm not going to lie to you because it's a bit of a struggle to try and say vulnerable vulnerability saying that over and over is going to absolutely do my head in but you get the gist of the topic so when we talk about that we not we we, uh, we associate that with I, I suppose you know and this is again I'm going to label people and people will probably get upset about that I apologize but we do vulnerability we associate with um, disabled people um, you know elderly um, minors so sort of children you know those sort of things but you don't really associate it with mental health now an interesting topic here is if i have sciatica yeah and and this is this is true um to, to my knowledge unless someone tells me any different if i had sciatica bad back I can get a disabled, I can get a blue badge. I, if I'm in the UK, I get a blue badge holder for that. It means I don't have to walk very far. Um, if I've got a mental health condition, say for instance, I've got severe anxiety, I've got depression, I've got PTSD, um, whatever it may be, I won't get a blue badge for that. That's not classed as a disability. Although I could be suffering from major anxiety attacks and need to go to the shop. And that distance of having to park and walk all the way through a, uh, a car park. Say, for instance, my trauma is car related. Say, for instance, a trigger point was a car and you're walking through a car park. All of these little, all of these little things, they don't get thought about as a, in a generic term. And we, it gets forgotten about. And in actual fact, there's a lot of vulnerability that comes with mental health. And I mean a lot I, I, like I said, I touched on it yesterday. You're almost, when you get to the point of whatever your mental health, unless you're born with a condition, you know, or, you know, if you're diagnosed with it later on in life or whatever it may be, if you've got that mental health condition, 
unless you've lived with it and learned to live with it really, really early on, um, it's very difficult. It's very difficult. And there's so many things that come, so many fail, sort of failure points that are very, very easily targeted for people with mental health conditions, any mental health condition, is they're very easy to be taken advantage of because they're not in the, the 100% thinking mood. They're not 100% elevated. They're not, their brain isn't fully functioning. We know that because that's what it is. You're not firing on all cylinders. You haven't got the right chemicals and serotonin and all the good stuff buzzing around your head. You're not firing. You you can probably got you've probably barely got any sleep. You know your 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 mind's racing all the time. You know you, you could be at the point where you're in, having suicidal thoughts. You're vulnerable, but you're not seen as vulnerable until you physically act on upon it or an act has happened. There's no build up to it. It's like okay, go to the doctors. We see it a lot, don't we? See it a lot with. Um, do you know what I see it a lot with? I see it a lot, which is a mental health condition as well, um, postnatal depression. Um, I see a lot of that category. You see it on the news, woman's committed suicide, and then you, they say to her, you know, they look in the past and say, oh, you know, she was she was menopausal, another another condition that we don't talk about. She, uh, you know, she had, she had mental health conditions. She was postnatal depression. She had that, yeah, yeah. So what were you doing then? You didn't, you weren't, you didn't class her as vulnerable, so she wasn't being safeguarded. Um, and then she's gone and committed suicide or done something stupid. We don't talk about this. We don't talk about the vulnerability. And also, when you're low in a low mood, you often, when you're in a low mood, you let the wrong people into your lives, the ones that are normally surrounded by toxicity, because they're the ones that are fun. They're the ones that are giving you that boost of dopamine. You also, like I said, I spoke, I touched on it yesterday and I've touched on it many times. It's thrivelous, thrivelous spending. We do it all the time. Mental health is crippling. I only spoke to my um, lovely cousin at the weekend and saw her at the party and we were talking about ADHD. She says she thinks she might have it. And I was kind of like, oh, okay, so we, you know, and I spoke about the diagnosis and we spoke about if you go private, you know, unfortunately you can get a diagnosis, but the NHS won't recognise it. So it costs you like £180 a month or whatever to, to pay for private prescriptions because the NHS won't recognise that diagnosis, even though they were all trained in the same place, etc. But that's the politics of life. So to get myself diagnosed earlier, I paid for it. And I suggested that to her, and I said, "Well, you know, if you if you don't want to wait the two years to be started to be seen, and then the one year process, if you're really really lucky, and probably the fact that you're in, you know, close to your forties is probably like I said for me, you're you'll sit at the bottom of the queue because you've lived with it for forty years. Okay, you might be feeling some elements now, but we'll manage that through sick leave and all the other little things and a little bit of chatting here and there. What we won't do is worry about." too much i mean they, they would you do get the medication if you go down the route but again it's it's that long path but they don't talk at the end of the path so although you get i said to like i said i had a deep conversation with her i was saying like you know although you you can pay privately which will give you a quicker result a very quick result you get the result within you know three to six months um because you're paying for it you're paying for the service and i said but all you'll get at that is a diagnosis by a professional granted but you won't be able to get the medication. There's nothing you can do about that because they don't talk. The NHS won't recognise that as something to put through their system. Unless you go down this route, which is very good now, which is called your right to choose if you're in the NHS. Um, your right to choose, and you get to choose a path, especially with mental health, this is specifically revolving around. 
So you get your right to choose. So you can go down that route. So I explained a little bit about that. And I said, I didn't know about that till afterwards, actually. So that's the route I'm going down now to try and get it done sooner. So um, I can get it done through the NHS. I said, but the plus side is, you, I mean, you're still going to have a lengthy wait because right to choose is still theoretically the NHS. Um, they're just using private companies at a premium, obviously, um, to do the diagnosis for them. But when you take these, the cheaper alternative for you, um, you know, and the NHS, because you're paying for it, um, they won't recognise it. So I, so I basically said to her, what do you want? You know, what, what do you want to get out of this? And she's like, oh, I just want to know if I've got it, what to deal with it. And I said, that's exactly it. That's what, that's the, the route you go down. So you like me, you do a bit of research, you, you contact your closest people around you, you make them a little bit of a, aware because, you know, there's going to be something, you're, these ailments are going to show at some point in your uh, life with the people you're close to. And um, yeah, so we spoke about it and I said that was it. So I got the diagnosis, can't get the medication for another year or so until I do this other route. Um, but what I did do was get that confirmation so I can go and work on myself. I can go and look at coping mechanisms that directly revolve around ADHD and how to manage that look out for trigger points things that I know that are going to happen so again I'm a dopamine hunter and when you're a dopamine hunter you know you're you're out there you're searching for constant approval constant fun and that can be very very toxic very toxic because if you're looking for fun you're going to find fun in the wrong places you always will and it will be fun but the negative impact on that on you is huge especially as you never take it at full value when you're an ADHD person. You'll have, you make friends very easy. You, you it's, you have these, these different masks and stuff you can put on. So anyway, I digress, but I went down that route and I explained that to her. And I said, that's what I did. And that's what I did. I did that just to get that confirmation because I was sick to death of, and, and it was more about trying to understand my mind. It was trying to understand and, and I could put something to something. Now, I don't want to label it because that's not what it's about. But what it means is when I do certain things, when I'm doing a project and I halfway through, I completely and utterly get fucking completely bored with it and go, I can't see where this is going. I'm going to literally dump it on the side and I will bin it. I've done it. I've fucking literally there's like the projects that I've done over the years and years and years. Of I've got a small, very small selection left of things that I just won't part with personally because they I think I've done a good enough job on them and for me that's been difficult because I've just let it go and that's what I'm like it's very much what I'm like so I wanted to understand why I'm like that why do I act like that why do I hardly you know hardly sleep why does my mind racing all the time why do I constantly lose interest in certain things certain people people I can lose interest in and it's an absolutely horrendous thing to do but I can be talking to somebody like you'll know if you're a friend of mine because I will literally you'll be like you've been in my life all of my life because that's how I treat people. I treat you, you know, you're there for a reason. You're there because I want you there and I will do everything to make sure you stay there. That's the type of passion I have in friendship. And the problem is when I when I lose interest, that's when, you know, you literally know I've lost interest. And that's a horrible thing to manage in my mind, because although there's a part of me that goes, OK, you know, you're not getting anything out of that now. There's no there's no excitement. And, and that's genuinely what it boils down to. I'm, it's obviously not exciting me. So I lose interest. And now that's subconsciously. Obviously, I don't know that's happening. That's happening. But morally, I do know it's happening. 
So I actively fight it. And that's the that, that's the problem is is what, what I was doing before was I was going with my gut and mind. I was going, OK, that that's fucking that's a, that seems crazy and just doing stupid shit. And it can get you into a fucking awful lot of trouble um, if you don't manage it. And it's like to, I wanted to learn why I did that, why I was that type of person, why my character was like that. Why, when I started doing something, did I just all of a sudden go, fuck, I don't care how much I put into it, how far I've gone, how much money I've spent. That is not getting done. And sometimes people have asked me over and over and said, you know, can you do this? And I'm like, fucking hell, mate, you don't realise how massively hard it is for me to fucking fight against my urge to just know. And it's crazy. It's, it's again, vulnerability is, is debilitating to me. Because I'm no morally, I've got to fight that fucking fight. And when you don't have the spirit to do something, everything is 20, 30, 40 times harder. Because you're fighting your natural brain to go, your brain's going, what the fuck are you doing, mate? You're getting jack shit out of this. I'm not going to give you any fucking dopamine. You're getting nothing now until fucking, in fact, I'm going to make it even worse. I'm going to take it away from you and I'm going to make you feel tired. I'm going to make you feel exhausted. I'm going to make you feel like you're pitiful. And that's what it does. And then you're like, so you get punished by your own mind for, for fighting to do something, you know, morally you want to do. And I've done that all my life. I've, I've literally have. I've, I've fought against my gut instinct to literally fucking cut people out of my life to the point where I've given people like oodles of, of, of chances. And unfortunately, I mean, I've had a, a, a serious, like I said, I've had serious breakdowns in, in, in even family, which still cut me deep now. But that's because my brain has gone, you're fucking getting hurt here, mate. Move the fuck on. Move the fuck on. Even though you want to stay there because, I don't know, it's family, close friend, loved ones, whatever. I constantly fight it and I get such a reaction from that in terms, a negative reaction in my body. It's almost like a punishment. And a lot of people will get that. And when you're fighting the PTSD aspect, it's a whirlwind of shit. I'm not lying to you. We can all have connections. It's even like to the point where some people have characteristics from ADHD and autism at the same time. Some people have characteristics of, I mean, there was a, a, a woman I was talking to and she was battling with um, ADHD and she was in her 40s. She didn't get diagnosed in her late 40s when I was talking to her. She had dyslexia. So she was like really struggling to read and write and she never got picked up at school at all. Again, she didn't get picked up till sort of her late, four, uh, late 30s when she started doing managerial stuff, which relates exactly to my brother. So my brother didn't get picked up through school at all, even through the whole of his, his start of his, his army career. He didn't get picked up. It was only when he started doing, um, and I hope he doesn't mind me saying this, um, but it's just a, what I mean is there's a, there's a massive positive to this, is he didn't get picked up until he started doing report writing. So he was writing SJARs, they call them, reports for, for soldiers. And it's only when he got to a certain managerial position, a certain rank, that he started doing that, that they started saying, okay, mate, you've got a problem here. What the fuck is it? And gets diagnosed in his early 30s with, with dyslexia. Now, there's a double-edged sword there. Obviously, great news he's now going to start getting the... Because there is a lot of things out there. now. There's apps that help you and everything now. It's it's well looked after. I mean, we are talking 10 years ago. So, you know, it wasn't as good as it is now. But it's getting better for those for, the, for people with dyslexia. But like I said to this lady, and the same I just say to my brother is, it just goes to show how resilient you are at... Um, sorry... 
It just goes to show how resilient you are and how you've adapted to be successful. And this is what I said to this lady, is be so successful and able to get through life fighting dyslexia, naturally a, a natural problem with le learning to read and write. And I, and I just go to show, and, and what we don't talk about is, again, we don't talk about the vulnerability of this mental health, because again, that would have exacerbated him, that, and it was he started showing signs of stress because he's starting having to do this and then his his weakness that he's been hit he's been he'd hidden for years started to show and that's really hard because you're like fuck i need to fight against my natural instinct to run because i have to do this task and that's when you get these problems that's when stress develops anxiety at doing those s jars every year there would have been depression involved in that because you would have been having to be double checked you probably know in the military system would have disciplined him rather than looking into well, in the olden days maybe not wouldn't have looked into the ailment but they did they looked into it and they said yes um you know you've you've got dyslexia which is a fantastic thing to 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 at least get that diagnosis and that's the important thing professional diagnosis a relevant way you get it from he can now work with that and like i said to her yes it, it came out in your late 40s you may have known or understood it but not fully but just felt that you were a bit different um, you just kind of go, oh, I'm just a bit different. I just find it a bit harder to do that. I mean, there's lots of people that I I, I struggle with learning through through um, media material. I'm I'm very much a hands-on learner. You show me something physically, I'll fucking remove it. You know, I'll, I say I got into engineering because that's what I like doing. Uh, mechanical, um, when I sort of got into that side of things, mechanical engineering, not proper engineering. Don't want to take it away from the professionals on that grade. Um, yeah, so we don't talk about vulnerability. And it's really important we do because there's so many negative things that come with it. Like I said, spending money, losing friends, losing relationships, losing loved ones, opening up to the toxicity and the wrong people, frivolously spending, taking risks. It's such such an unspoken about pro uh, problem that even when I researched it today, it said mental i put in mental health vulnerability the, the title of this podcast i put it in and, I, and and literally just the standard text comes up yes you will be um susceptible to um mood swings it says it says in there like mood swings isolation th uh, spending money all these sort of things all the stuff we talk about it talks about it in just under you know those are categories these are things that can happen to you but there's no like synopsis on it, you know, what to do, where to go, what to, and that's where you've got to dive in deeper, but there isn't anything deeper. And that's what we don't talk about. We don't talk about that, making the decisions and making the mistakes. And I think, I suppose the important message to me would be, or from me, would be if you know somebody that's like that and you, or, or and I'm not talking about my friends to, to inwardly, but I'm saying you know we 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 all get to a point where i'm trying to control it so i don't need it but in i'd always need it but you know what i mean um but if you noticed like five six years ago absolutely would have fucking died for it and no pun intended that is fucking horrendous sorry i apologize i would have done in that sense though is, is i would have, i would have absolutely loved somebody to be able to cradle me and go it's fucking okay absolutely would have been able to do that because that was the vulnerable side of me. I didn't know what I was doing. I wasn't, I wasn't talking about it. I didn't open up to, about it. I didn't research it. I didn't take medication. I didn't do all the things that I'm doing now that to, to manage it. I was literally in a fucking pit of despair at that point. 
I would have loved somebody to grab hold of me and fucking throw a line down and come down and cuddle me and sit with me. Nobody did because I we I wasn't doing those things. I wasn't talking about it. People weren't understanding it. People don't understand it. And because they, they don't know where to research. And when you even when you do research, like I was talking about vulnerability, there's nothing there. Nothing of real context. What what do we mean by vulnerability? Well, what we mean is if you see people out with pattern, and it's, I'm not going to mention names, but there's there's someone I know in my in, in my in my group in, in my my family that knows someone else who who um, who has vulnerability issues in my sense in my eyes uh, you know they're thrivelous, thrivelously spending and I'd love to talk to that person and then go stop wasting that money when you need to get the you need to get the care mentally to build yourself up to strength everybody does that and that's the problem with all of us and I felt like I said I fell into that trap and I'm paying for that trap now even though I'm taking control and I'm talking to you and I'm trying to get old Jimbo back even though I'm trying to do that I still I still it's still a massive reminder for me because I'm still paying for it now that is such an important aspect of trying to one of the things they said to me when I was in my therapy was at the end of the um, the uh, insurance claim and everything that went through um, the solicitor phoned me up and said well you know, even though you, I know you've got permanent PTSD, I've read your report, etc., etc. He said, I just hope that, um, and I know you've, you've been, this has been dragged up every six months or so for the last eight or nine years I was fighting it. And um, he said, yeah, I get it. He said, but hopefully this will offer you closure. And it really is important that um, we can spend money and we can chuck things and we can get the, the boost in serotonin. We can hang around with the wrong people and not nurture the right people, even though morally we know who the right people are. We just always choose the crazy people that give us the fucking fun and the laughs, the ones that give us artificial happiness. What we don't do, what we don't do is, is actively spend our money on the right things. Sometimes it doesn't even take spending money to do the right things. Like I said, get help for yourself. Sit down with somebody face-to-face. -face. Somebody independent. Get it out there. Get talking. Don't look at it in your family circle. I didn't talk once to anyone about my therapy sessions I never spoke to, nobody to this day knows what I spoke about and I spoke about everything like you've got to imagine 38 hours of therapy is, is what I had um, that's a lot of talking and it is a one-sided conversation if you've if you've attended therapy we went into my childhood all the way through to every single problem and unpicked everything um, to to try and fully get a, a big picture of what I, my life was like before, what my life was like has been like during the diagnosis, and what my life could potentially be like afterwards. Which is how I got the the strength in the diagnosis. Most people get diagnosed after. I think my first diagnosis actually was a fifteen minute assessment with a psychiatrist, and and literally he was like, "Yeah, um, you'll be fully recovered in six months." Uh, I anticipate nine months. You know the standard jargon. It's only when I fought this one and got the thirty eight therapy sessions, they were like, "No, mate, you're fucking tapped." But what we don't talk, like I said, you need to spend what everyone seems to do 
is they do that toxic thing. They they drink drugs, isolation, um, spending money. They do the negative things. And everybody, nobody looks at that as a vulnerability. We're not talking about that as a vulnerability. We're not looking out for the signs for that, for vulnerability. What we're, what we're doing is just going, oh, fucking crazy Jimbo's here. Yeah, he'll have a fucking good time. Yeah, watch him fucking pull the pin and off he fucking goes. No one talks about it in the sense I have. And, and I suppose I'm not amusing me as a bit of a bad, bad example because you do pull the pin on me and off I go normally. So I've always been like that. So um, I, I can get the picture in that sense. But no one talks about the vulnerability. So we don't know what to look out for. And I've given plenty of podcasts at the, um, at the start where I talk about, and they are quite sad, I apologise, but they, it's a it's a deep subject when you get into the details of um, of mental health. And you do need, there is, in, unfortunately, a lot of surroundness, it's surrounded by a lot of sadness, a lot of heartache. And that's the importance of talking about it. And the vulnerability factor is, we talk, we don't talk about that. And that's 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 such a negative. We don't talk about that spending aspect. We just talk about, oh yeah, he's he's like that. You know, he's out of money, and then he goes and fucking does something stupid because he's he's absolutely he's absolutely wiped himself out, spent money so much that he's got himself into crippling debt, like I did for years. Because I was like, I want that now. I want a fucking thousand pound wakeboard and everything right now. You can't even fucking stand up on it, mate. I started wakeboarding with like eight hundred pounds worth of kit, and I'd never fucking stood on the board. I did tell a lie. I stood on the board once, like, but I I bought uh, like an eight hundred pound setup. That's the fucking stupidity of of, of, of depression and and PTSD. I was fucking manic. I was buying literally all sorts. I was doing all sorts of fucking crazy shit, and we don't talk. Like I say, we don't talk, and because of that, we just assume it's okay. But we, it, but it isn't. What I didn't do was if I'd have spent that £800, that one season, in fact, it wasn't. It was £800 for the board, £839 for the board and the bindings and the suit and, and the, yeah, the suit and the fucking thing. And it was £1,500 for the year's um, membership. And it's not even a full year. It's like six, seven months. Um, and, yeah, so in actual fact, if I'd have put all of that money that I'd spent Instead of spending it on that one year of, okay, I've got good memories. But if I'd have put all of that into therapy, I'd have been fucking, I'd have been well and truly, well and truly on the road. If you, if you calculate, I think it's average, was it 65, 70 pounds an hour's therapy session? When you, when you calculate that, and I'm not good at math, so I'm not going to do it, but you can work that out for me. How many, how many therapy sessions that would provide you privately? With somebody to sit and listen about every aspect and offer you advice on every aspect. Give you proper tips on coping mechanisms. Not just listening from me, but I got I got specific coping mechanisms for my car. I literally, to the point where I've just got a hire car for tomorrow's, uh, for, through work for tomorrow. Because I'm out on a day trip. I went out there and I set the car up tonight for, for tomorrow morning. Because I know it's an unfamiliar car. So I set it all up. I got the light right. I got everything perfect. That is a coping mechanism that I've instilled through my therapist that has told me to do that. Get your ambient lighting right. Get your seating position right. Get your temperature set. Get everything done. And it's really easy on the modern cars because you just set it up where you go. I did all of that because I know I can jump in that car tomorrow, click airplay, bosh, off the road, confident, 
comfortable. I can't predict what's going to happen on the road, but I've done what I can. I've done my due diligence. I've done what I needed to do as a coping mechanism to help me. That's what you need to do. Not waste your money spending it un unwisely on drink, drugs and frivolous fucking things. You need to spend the money on yourself. Invest in yourself. I've got a podcast on it. Investing in yourself is so important. Why? Why? The way, I, and this is the easiest way for me to look at this is that one thousand, so two thousand three hundred thirty-nine pounds, roughly, round about that, and that wouldn't have included like going down there drinking. I'd had, you know, we'd had parties down there and stuff like that, so it wouldn't have included all that. So you probably, so so we can we can basically say three thousand pound, yeah, no, two thousand pound, two thousand. What did I say? One five. Three eight, yeah. So we can say three thousand pound, okay? Just just off the head with fuel and all the other shit that goes with it. Three three thousand pound is what I could have I could have spent on that that one year of not doing anything. If I'd invested in a full year at three thousand pound, that would have probably been a, th a therapy session every fucking week. I could have had a full hour every single week talking about my shit, getting my stuff out there, getting being open and honest with somebody in front of me that's not judgmental providing you're not a fucking criminal and done something you shouldn't be doing so i could have i could have invested that one year and you say to yourself all right yeah james but you wouldn't have got you wouldn't have got that one year wakeboarding oh yeah but what i did do what i did get was i got 14 years of fucking bad memories and i don't mean in terms of totality what i mean is i've got 14 years of three fucking suicide attempts 14 years of mad depression, isolation, 14 years of crying when I uncontrollably when I couldn't do anything, 14 years of systematically breaking relationships and friendships. So yeah, oh, okay, I've got a few good memories in there. But the fundamental basics of it is flawed because I could have invested half of that money and been better than where I was for the full, for the full 14 years, say, so to freeze. If I'd have actively looked after myself. And even after the therapy sessions, I didn't care for it. I didn't carry it on. So it took me to actually go, James, and this is the accountability, this is the strength bit we talk about. James, sort your shit out. Stand up. Be accounted. Fucking move on because you can't keep doing this roller coaster of life. Stop it. And that's what happens. And I actually said stop and went, I'm going to fucking move on. I need to I need to sort this out. And that's the importance of looking after yourself. You I keep saying this again, you have to do it. You have to want to do it. You can't be forced to do it. You have to want to do it. And that's the so that's the signs we need to look out for. There's a positive there. And it's really important we, that we acknowledge that mental health is a vulnerability. I know for a fact that I've I know I've let people down before. I know that um, people know, I, I know for a fact, like one thing that really does cripple me, okay, and I'll tell you something that does cripple me, I know that people try to call me, and, and, I, and for some reason, I just don't like being called, I don't know why, I really don't know why, I, I, but I'll do a video, fucking, vo a video or a voice message, happy as Larry, it's, it's something to do with the fact that I'm out of control of when that conversation will end. And there's times where I've been sat and I've gone and it worries me because 
when I when I if I lose it and I and it sounds wrong, but it's when you're mentally unstable and you're mentally fucking going off in the tangent, and you're sat there trying to think about other things. I've been doing stuff while people are on the phone. I've 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 done it before where I've lost complete interest, and this is no with this isn't with family by the way or friends or loved ones, but I did it with somebody, uh, a, a, an old work colleague in another place, and they were talking to me on speakerphone, and I literally put it put it down. I flipped the iPhone screen up and started playing a game whilst they were talking because I was completely uninterested in that conversation. And I, I, the more I, the more that this that I get through life, the the less tolerance for drama I have. So I just don't want to get involved. I just and I'm quite openly about it, quite open. So but it does hurt me. I'm trying to work on it. I actively am. Um, but I, but I know it's a flaw in me. I, I, I just get it. I don't know why. But it's one of those things. It's this is the problem with mental health. You can, it's, it's you're Jekyll and Hyde half the time. Do you know? Before I finish, I'm going to give a, a little bit of a shout out because I do these little things. Uh, I do this little thing, little round robins. I think they're called. Um, it like. I randomly like talk to friends. I, I, I just, I'm trying to make a conscious effort to go. How you been? A video text message is what I normally do. I just go. I don't. I haven't got any responses back from many of them. So, but I don't expect responses. I'm making the effort. I'm doing my bit for myself. Anyway, um, I've got to reach out to a friend of mine, um, and, I, and this is the importance of um, talking openly. Um, I'm not going to mention um, anything about it. In but what I want to do is um, have the beauty of this text. No one will know apart from from me and him, but. Um, the beauty of his text at the start of this bit he said um, we, we were messaging away and this is the importance of us talking and this is this is someone I don't really know I've had a pretty fr a rough few months fighting my own thoughts lately things backing up etc but I'm trying and still moving forward and getting over and, and I'm trying to get overwhelmed by with peace with the dogs and escape so now why have I mentioned that I'm not trying to out him or anything like that. I'm not trying to make him feel awkward at all. Um, what I'm embracing is his ability to open up to me um, and, and his ability for me to respond. Now, I didn't immediately respond because I didn't want to immediately respond. I want to give a little bit of due diligence, a little bit of thought, and I want to provide a nice little video message just to offer my support because it's important that he has taken that step to acknowledge that he's been a bit quiet. I've instantly gone doesn't matter you take the time you need just make sure that you tell me you're okay that's all i ask for that's all i ask for in my friends some sometimes i do get fucked off when i don't hear back because i do like to feel like you know who i am I, I like to feel wanted um i really do um but at the same time acknowledging that you're okay is good enough for me but that takes power that takes strength for him to say i've had a rough few months but and for me to for him to say that and me to go mate don't worry i'm here for you let's fucking talk it out we'll have a chat summer's coming up soon we're gonna um we're gonna meet up have a have a bite to eat and a pint and um you know and, and have a proper catch-up so i you know that's that's the way what i did there was i've you're offering that future you're offering and i'm not saying he's gonna do anything stupid by any means of stretching the imagination but it gives you something to look forward to because it's really important and this is what i've said i've said this before if you don't have a goal, you don't have a goal, yeah, you will struggle, especially as a man. And I'm not just I'm not just saying women don't struggle, but from my experience, you know, 
I need goals. That goal may not may just be I know I'm going to have a social occasion. I know I'm going to go to a certain place because I'm booked in. It gives you focus. It gives you purpose. It gives you drive. It gives you your existence. By having a goal gives you the existence. By having friends to aspire to meet up with and create memories gives you a purpose for existence. Otherwise, we're all on this rat race of fucking this rat wheel of life. Just managing our life, barely surviving, getting through, for what? To end up in a fucking, in the ground somewhere. Well, if that's your, if that's your ultimate goal, to end up in the ground, then brilliant. Then you look, you look fucking far ahead and you, you reach for the stars. If your goal is to work enough to survive, but live your fucking life, which it should be, and not get taken advantage of by all of these mental health problems and not get consumed by them, then make the change. Make that step forward. Take the next step. Take the next positive step. And this is all about identifying vulnerability, talking about these things, because they do really happen. There's so many things that we talk about with vulnerability that we don't, exp we don't really succeed. We don't really think about. And it's, all, it's, it's like I said, you know, we, we talk about um, sexual dysfunction in men not being able to get erections that's a really 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 emasculating thing we talk about lack of motivation again massively important thing for men men want to feel needed men want to feel that they have purpose they want to feel they can succeed it's how we're driven we're driven by testosterone that's what we're driving for when you get when you get emasculated and you feel weak and you feel vulnerable and you say that you say these words no one likes that attached to a man no one, no one wants to hear it's like men's mental health oh well yeah well you know let's talk about vulnerability oh let's talk about sexual dysfunction oh yeah okay then let's talk about weakness oh, oh fucking hell mate that's not going to appeal to any man is it but what it is doing is you talk in your networks you talk in your groups like i said make the start invest in yourself make the start to talk to someone independently about your vulnerabilities so you're not fully isolating yourself you're you're giving you're working on yourself you're pushing yourself forward that's the important aspect here anyway i have droned on enough for this evening i've like i said it was a bit of an odd subject but it was one that's not really talked about it's a bit of a taboo but they all are taboos aren't they you know it's kind of like you know, just talking about mental health in general is still quite a taboo. I still get a bit funny about it. I still get a bit, you know, I'm not interested in this side of things. I don't really want to. This, what I am doing is perfecting it in the way that works for me. I, I tell the people that I know that are close to me my mental health problems. Because I, I want you to be in my life. I want you to be around me. And I want you to know that there's going to be el uh, there's going to be elements of my mental health that are going to possibly test our friendship relationship or whatever at some point and and i don't mean it i'm mature enough now to apologize and hold myself to account when i make mistakes that's the fundamental basic that i have learned in my mental health but the people around me know what i go through certain things they know that i'm a social person to a degree but at the same time i have these little things quirks in my life yes i do have quirks but i I, I just call myself unique. We're all unique. Everybody will have something that irritates somebody. Everyone. Will have, I, I was only talking to my auntie and uncle at the weekend again. Like I said, that party, and um, 
yeah, we were talking away, and they're not time constrained. They they just if they if you say to them seven o'clock, they'll start getting ready at ten to seven and be down at half past seven. I was like, well, straight away, I was like, you'd fuck me off on day one. You'd come down at half past seven, and I would make it so fucking known that you fucked me off. You would either stop talking to me, or you'll come down at seven o'clock the next day. That's how bad I am. But that's a quirk. <laughs> but it fucked me off that they did that, and it it fucked them off that I was living the way I was. We're all unique. We're all fingerprints. Just remember that. Mental health attacks us all in different ways. Some people might get stressed. Some people might never show signs. I know for a fact my dad, you know, he, he's he's gone through major problems mentally. I know he has. We spoke about it at length, which is a beauty of being able to be open and talk. I think he, he's spoken to me. He's opened up to me a few times. And I and I really I find that, a re, that, that that is more rewarding to feel that connection with somebody. I find it more rewarding when someone talks to me about their vulnerabilities in a friendship, love group, love, love relationship, whatever. I find it more empowering that I know that you've opened up to me enough to tell me you're struggling, why you struggle and how you struggle. Because I will work to manage that and I will reciprocate by telling you my problems, or not problems, my development issues, everything else. So we bond. We create a unified bond. We understand each other. We build up a great friendship and we move forward together. I know for a fact that if I there's there's many things that I that I probably compensate and I don't realize anymore. But if I got a podcast on here with my friends around me, especially Kieran, well, more importantly, Kieran probably actually because he'd be the one that's been there long the the longest, obviously. Um, I would say to him, "Do you make any compensations for me?" And I guarantee he would say, "Yes, yes, I do this, this, and this for you." Why? Because I'm your friend, and we have a connection. That's important to me. Brilliant. And that's the that's how we build true friendships and relationships is by opening up and being at one with that person. Whether that's your whether that's your you know, your mum, dad, brother, sister, wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, whatever, you know, son, whatever. Whatever whatever that relationship is, the more you're open and honest the more you will get out of it, the closer that bond will be. The people that know me the best, they know everything about me. The people that think they know me, they don't know me. Because I, I, certain people have seen me at certain different times, you know, and that's the importance. But I will always share my stories with the right people. And that's what it's about, like I said. And I, and I before I digress away, the important fact is, first off, and I'm, I hope my friend's listening, um, and when he does listen, um, like I said, 110% here for you, mate. We're definitely going to have a, uh, a shout out this uh, this summer. We'll have a meet up, mate. We'll have a beer and a, and a, a meal and a good catch up, mate. And uh, I'll give you a call as well. Um, I will call you. I promise you this week to, um, to to just catch up. So uh, yeah, that's the importance. That's the that's the the important bit of that is just showing he's opened up enough to me. He's shown his vulnerability. I'm going to support him. That's what it's about. It's that unity. But if you sit there in isolation and just fucking spending money and hanging around with who you know is the wrong people, then yeah, you're 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 the owner of your own fate. You know, you're driving the bus. <laughs> so you know, you carry on. Do you know what I mean? It's you. It's the path you've chosen. When you get that path and you come off that path and you find the right one, then yeah. 
you will see the mistakes you've made. I've made many of them. Um, some of them have offered me long-term memories um, for good and for bad. Um, some of them have educated me massively, actually. You know, I've had a very... Um, a very sort of funny funny life so far and um i've learned a lot from it and i'm learning and the more i'm opening up about myself the more i'm reflecting the more i understand like i said the importance of understanding your vulnerability and finding out about your vulnerability if you sense a vulnerability maybe you're sat there for years with a mental health condition and you're like oh god I, there is something wrong there maybe you're someone who maybe suffers from ptsd but sees the signs but doesn't fully understand it go for the help ADHD go for the help autism go for the help okay the fundamental basic of this is invest in yourself and go for help to help you with those vulnerabilities talk to the close people around you open up to the right people and nurture your friendships and relationships and you will be we will build a better future for yourself guaranteed the more the less you start worrying about material things and the more you start worrying about the people around you that are that are, that are offering bonus to your life the more fun you'll have when you're constantly searching like i do all the time when you're constantly searching dopamine hunting unless you've got control you're constantly going to make mistakes so take control of your mental health anyway thank you for listening to me i really appreciate your time and your support um I really, really do. So uh, uh, spreading the word again, I'll say it again. So please spread the word. Um, I really appreciate your support. And like I said, don't forget to jump on um, oh, Podbean. I think you can message through Podbean. Um, message through Facebook. I'm on there, Gentleman's Talk. Message me on TikTok. I'm on there, Gentleman's Talk. Or YouTube. I'm on YouTube because they upload to YouTube as well. So I'm on YouTube um, and under the Gentleman's Talk as well. Any of these platforms, jump on. Give a like, comment or share. And um, hopefully, you know, that that will sort of boost me up a little bit as well. And if you leave a message and you want me to talk about a specific subject, something I like to research on, um, I can offer some support and guidance. So um, hopefully, like I said, caveat, I'm not a doctor, um, but I'm here to help offer some support and guidance. So take care. Enjoy the rest of your week, evening, night, depend day, whenever you're listening to this. I'll speak to you soon.